You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We know you missed us. Happy to have you back with us for another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. And we have our NFL segment going on popping today. So as we get this party started, uh, first, let's give a big shout out. Uh, to uh, Patrick Mahomes for his partnering with the HBCU Legacy Bowl. Uh, what significance do you think him partnering with the HBCU Legacy Bowl has uh, in the grand scheme of things? I think that name, just Patrick Patrick Mahomes' name, uh, being affiliated with HBCUs is special. Um, and, and, and another point is there's a lot of talk about Patrick Mahomes being uh, – this staunch Republican and him not even uh, liking, like, you know, following black agendas or anything like that. So I think this dismisses this, that that thought process that he doesn't deal with uh, his people, black people. Um, so I like it in the sense that I think HBCUs with Deion Sanders coming aboard and guys like Patrick McHolmes, it puts the HBCUs football on a different level. And I feel like uh, even with the NBA, uh, I know this is an NFL segment, but them bringing attention to HBCUs as well. There's a lot of professional uh, athletes now um, <clears throat> leading the way in a charge of making HBCUs relevant and starting to try to put some money in these programs so they could be on an equal playing field with the rest of the college football ranks. So I like it. I definitely agree. Um... I know that now this gives them the opportunity to broadcast their games, give them the exposure needed. And now college recruits don't have, like Calvin was like, okay, I'm only going to choose this because this school, because I know I'm going to get exposure, right? <laughs> you know, when you went through your recruitment, and I believe in your mind, and it was yourself too, Akisha, when y'all went through your recruitment, y'all, based, y'all went based upon exposure, opportunity. And now y'all, y'all can see, okay, if I go to HBCU, who's been broadcast and televised and getting all this equipment, they could be uh, a consideration or thought of. So, you know, definitely it's a great thing, opportunity. And if you have, the only thing that separates HBCU and the regular college is access to resource and exposure. So I do believe the NCAA may get a little upset because they may not get all the top recruits now. They top recruits may decide to, Hey, I want to go to HBCU. So, Kudos to uh, Pat Mahone, half a billion dollar man. Congratulations. Thank you. Keep up the good work. I think it's really dynamic um, for so many different reasons, but it's just something, of course, I went to Rutgers, PWI. Um, I didn't have that experience of going to an HBCU. And usually the it's, it's an undertone with HBCUs. Like they're inadequate. It's just not enough. And I think him partnering with the HBCU uh, Legacy Bowl, like you all said, is awesome. And it also just just shines a light on Black excellence, right? Because if we look at professional sports, would we, be, would we really have anything to talk about if, if we didn't have Black athletes contributing? You know what I mean? So I think for this, for this generation coming up, Yes, they are able to see, hey, I do have other options. Not only do I have other options, but I have an opportunity to go where a place where, well, that cares about me. Because that's everything. Every person I know that's gone to an HBCU, they felt 
a different level of care from their professors to the janitor to the people in the cafeteria. It's like family, people who are really concerned about your well-being, not just the numbers that you can put up. So that's dope. I would add that um, it is major, and 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 hopefully we can stop sending uh, scouts to North Dakota State University and start sending them to McNeese, Alcorn State, uh, and these other HBCUs where there is Black excellence, the Black athlete excellence. Uh, I, I had a, a debate on social media uh, with um, uh, a pastoral colleague of mine, and he said that that sports is the one place in the world where meritocracy actually is a reality. And I don't think that's true. I mean, I think uh, if I talk to Kelvin, if I talk to Keisha, those who played at these higher levels of athletics, that there is a level of politics to the game, to starting. There's a level of um, negotiation. It's not just about who is the best player on the court. There are layers to what the coach's philosophy is. And even how HBCUs are viewed, there, 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 there really could be a lot of NFL talent that goes to HBCUs that never gets into the league because scouts really aren't looking. So uh, I think this is a major move for scouts and shout out to Mahomes and primetime Sanders who they are slandering in these streets right now. Uh, and so why do y'all think people are slandering, you know, my man Dion, primetime? Uh, let's just keep it a beam, man. Dion, nice looking brother. Flashy brother, always got a lot to say. Swag is on a million. What's not to hate if you're a hater? <laughs> I mean, that's target practice for a hater right there. Like, like, like anybody that's that's neutral, don't don't hate on nobody. I'm like, let Dion be great. That's his swag. That's what he do. Um, let him be great. But haters gonna hate, man. Like they they attacking his brother right now. Like he actually was playing cornerback that game that they lost. But to me. It's a win because it's more attention on the HBCUs and the football. Like HBCUs was getting was getting no attention really before Dion stepped foot in there. So as long as ESPN showing them, uh, you know, trolling Dion or whatever, it's a win because now Jackson State is on the map. Now uh, Grambling State is on the map. All these all these MEAC schools is on the map now. So it's like, all right, so just give us, give us attention. We're going to win through that. So I, I like the slander, but I'm like, dang, leave my boy Prime alone. It must be the money. <laughs> I definitely agree. Come on. Well, they lost to Alabama State, right? And their record is one and one, right? Overall, one and one. And, and, and Jackson State is three and two. So, they, no, three and one, sorry, three and one. And within the conference, two and one. They lost one game. It's not like the championship game. So I think the whole expectation is that you have this former Hall of Fame Super Bowl champ, and he's going to bring him undefeated through the season, his first season. And most likely he didn't recruit these guys. But still to have him at this, it's okay. You're not going to win it all. It's his first year. And I wonder, did they do this to Jim Harbaugh at Michigan? No. When he first went there, and he have not won anything. I don't think he won a bowl yet. So leave the man alone. He's building a program, and eventually, I believe they'll get there. So this is his first year. Calm down. Leave the man alone. And guess what? The more hate you give on him, the more exposure. Guess what? You're gonna find more of these guys from the HBCU playing in the NFL. So keep it going. Yeah, and that's what I want to see because I mean, let's let's. Let's keep it 100 as they say, okay? Here we have 
a man who is was a dynamite player. <laughs> you couldn't keep him in a box then. And now as a coach, you still can't keep him in a box. I think we have these standards of what decorum is supposed to look like or professionalism is supposed to look like. And he disrupts that. He disrupts everything. So without them, without him being who he is, I mean, they wouldn't have anything to hate on. And I really hope that he turns it up and does even wilder things and just just acts a crazy, just plum, not plum idiot, but I just hope he um does another video. Part two of must be the money. I want him to do that so that we can get some more attention to these HBCUs. And, and last year they were four and eight. So right now he has a winning record, right? Last year they were four and eight. He's turning the program around. Like, you know, must be the money. Must be the money. Uh, but shout out to Prime. We're, we're, we're with you. We're looking forward to great things coming out of Jackson State and getting some more young, young athletes um, uh, into the league. Um, so transitioning, we talked about HBCU, transitioning now more to the NFL. Um, do you all think that the NFL should require COVID vaccinations? Uh, to resume this coming season? It's a good question, right? Um, require, mandate, such a strong word. When you're talking about things that's dealing with your body, uh, things that, that people are still skeptical on. So I, I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would say if I was the NFL, uh, we lean towards it. We recommend it. We highly recommend it if you want to say words of that. But when you say, um, you're going to make somebody do something um, that's really the science is really not proven 100% behind it. I think you get into a, a legal situation that can bite them in the behind. So if I'm the NFL, I don't think I mandate it, but I, but I do recommend it. And I don't think they should require the players, everybody to do it yet. Um, I don't think. I think they will, but they'll word it really, they'll word it pretty nicely. And we know that um, the NFL, being an organization of that magnitude, you have other ways to kind of get people to do what you want them to do and need them to do. Because I think with the, with the pandemic and how much it, how tragic it was, nobody wants to relive that. So I, I, just, I just think they want to put on a nice face and a nice front, whether you believe it, or not, you know what I mean? So yeah, I really think other institutions are doing it. They're making their employees do it. So I really see the NFL doing the very same thing. I agree with Keisha. I think they are gonna, because remember the Shield is a literally a uh, uh, private organization. And so it's in a sense, it is private and it has a monopoly on sports and for it to, it could literally do what they wanna do. I'll say, give an incentive. Your billion-dollar industry, right? Offer your players five thousand, ten thousand dollars for those who, you know, decide to do it. Give them incentive. That way, they don't feel that you know they are putting their body through all this rigorous, you know, uh, <laughs> task week by week for a, 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 the time they play the sport. So give them incentive. I believe they are going to do it, but should they do it? No. But are they going to do it? I agree with Keisha. They are. Give them incentives since they are planned to do it. So overall, I'm against force anyone to put anything in their body where they're not comfortable with. 
But at the end of the day, NFL will do what it needs to do to continue to be a billion-dollar business. So they, I believe, like Akish said, they want to push for it. Must be the money. NFL's lost too much money over this COVID-19. They can be like, boy, get <laughs> no, no pun intended. Boy, get, get you that shot. Because they lost so much money. And then you had like situations like the Patriots where Cam missed four games, you know, guys are out for long periods of time. Uh, I think they're, they're going to strongly encourage it to the point where you're going to need to get it. Like I put it like this, here's what I imagine. Um, you can sit, you, you know, how they gave players opportunity to sit. Either you do it or the, they may get ability to, to void your contract with no penalty to them. I would say, I wish they did that before Carson Wentz I got traded. We could have got rid of that with no penalty. So, you know, uh, should the NFL require COVID vaccinations? Um, no, but uh, will they? I'm pretty confident they will. Um, I mean, look, they, they've known about concussions for years. They didn't care. So you think, you think a vaccine, a little shot, a little shot? I mean, imagine... Imagine how many things they've injected in their bodies anyway, these these pressure, these, these NFL players. They're like, look, man, just take it. Just take it. Shut up and take it. <laughs> so NFL free agency has been under underway. Uh, we've seen some players go different places. Giants have gotten better on the defensive end. But something interesting with the wide receiver situation, the Ravens have not seemed to build a support system around their man, Lamar Jackson. So why do you think people are not, wide receivers are not signing with the Ravens? Like I Hater, said. go ahead, hater. You're <laughs> like so I thirsty, said. jump on. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So if you get a chance, listen to some of my episodes, early episodes during the NFL season when the talk was Lamar Jackson should be the MVP or may win the MVP. And in that game, in that episode I, I think it was in the 30s look at for it look at it when we talk about Lamar I told the guys and the ladies that no one wants to play Lamar Lamar had a play where he was running right and he had a wide open receiver wide open nobody was around the receiver why you know what he did to the receiver he waved them off and ran the 5 10 yards which if he threw it he the receiver would have had 15 to 20 yards but he waved the dude off this dude is a running first, throw third quarterback. He'll run first, pitch it for a, a run, and his third and final option is to read the field. So wide receivers say, I'm not getting paid with this guy. They can have Megatron on the team. They can have Jerry Rice on the team. They, they can have, they can have, literally, they can have uh, Victor Cruz or OBJ on the team. All their numbers are going down. Because Lamar does not throw the ball and he's not accurate. So why would I risk feeding my family and most likely incentive the contract to play for a guy who may occasionally, when he's about to get ran down or thrown or have no other option, meaning option one, two, three, four. Then at the last second, he may decide to throw the ball to you. And you and then you may only get like two catches a game at tops. That's why. <laughs> so they better go draft some ready wide receivers, some young guys, or somebody off the heap who don't, you know, who will be on the team as long as they can because Lamar is not throwing the ball. He'll wave you off. You could be 
25 yards down the field, you're not getting, you're not the first option. Every receiver is the fifth option. Phil, I'm, 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 not gonna you, I'm not gonna let you slide throwing Victor Cruz in there with Jerry Rice <laughs> and all those other great names. So let's take Victor Cruz out and your statement stands. Go, go next person. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about I watched Last Chance You, and I don't know if y'all seen the third season with the Oakland team. They ran out of quarterbacks and they had to put one of their wide receiver as court as a quarterback. And I'm like, yo, this is it, it resembles the same thing. So <laughs> that's why I'm over here cracking up. But honestly, I don't think it's anything trivial. People go where they want to go and they don't go where they don't want to go. So that's the position, you know, the Ravens are in. Where our receivers want to go there. That's it. And let me address the hater in the room. Because Phil's been hating on my guy for a long time. This guy's feels borderline race. The truth racist, will set man. you free. The <laughs> truth. I, I, I didn't stop this man. I didn't interject when I when he was speaking. To the racist guy, he don't like black quarterbacks to win. So, you know, let's just put that out there. You know, this is my problem, right? We're in a we're in an era where your brand is the most important thing as an athlete. The Ravens run a system where they're a run-first system. See, this is the problem right here. Nobody's talking about New England, how no running backs want to go to New England, right? Nobody, no running backs in free agency markets say, listen, let me go to New England and, and, and finish my career. You know why? Because they do running back by committee. It's a system. They don't feature people. So if you play for the Raiders, the feature position is the running back position and a tight end position. You're not featured as a wide receiver at the Ravens. So Shocker, no shocker. Of course, if I'm a high high volume wide receiver, I don't want to go to the Ravens because that doesn't fit the system. Now, why we hate on Lamar is beyond me because because Lamar Jackson is almost 80% as a starter in his career. His record is 31 wins, 10 losses. 31 wins, 10 losses. He wins. So if I want to win as a player in NFL, I would want to go to the Ravens because they win and they give me a chance of winning. But if I'm a wide receiver and I'm a high volume wide receiver, I don't want to go to the Ravens. It is, it is just simple mathematics. It's logical. It's not a knock on Lamar. It's because that's the system that the Ravens operate in. Run dominant, all, run dominated offense. Okay. Why, why would I be a top receiver? Want to go to a run dominated offense? Just doesn't make sense. It's not that hard to figure out. Stop hating on Lamar. It's to your point. To, to your point. point. He made my point, right? He made my point. <laughs> no, he didn't make it. He didn't make yes, it. he did. He, Lamar, not at all. Not, not at all. You hating on Lamar? Lamar no, no. So you, does not you missed the point. What you just tell him? What you showing us is? What you showing us is you missed the point. I didn't make your point. You missed your point. No. What I'm saying is. Wide receiver. Why would you go to a, a, a system which I stated I didn't do it as eloquently as Calvin eloquently and said this is the system. I just said you ain't getting the ball. You're not an option. You're not getting the ball. You're the last option. No, 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 no. What I'm you did was hate have on more Lamar. rushing yards than the you hate on Lamar. Back. Hate on him? No, no, no. You did, you did, you feel, you yes, did. You, did. You, you, made, you made it personal, Phil. You made it personal. Kelvin made it personal. Lamar Jackson can have you open two hundred yards on the field. He's like, no, I'm running it. That's a Lamar Jackson. That's not that's not a that's not a Raven system. The Raven system would say pass that ball. <laughs> Bro, thank you. Thank you. 
or whatever. Like I what said, he will not throw the ball. He will run the ball. He will run. <laughs> Listen, stay away from it. You're, if you get a contract, make sure it's guaranteed and not incentive of receiving and touchdown. <laughs> because if you're supposed to get 1,000 yards, you ain't getting no money. Make it 300-yard season. Then you guarantee your money. But to, to your point, uh, Kelvin, I, while it may be a run for a system, um, you know, Steve Smith had good seasons with the Ravens under Joe Flacco. Uh, Torrey Smith had good seasons with the Ravens. Uh, and so it, I, I do think quality wide receivers would go to, to um, the Ravens in a play-action system if they felt as – especially speedy guys, if they felt as if they would benefit off of the system. Go ahead. I, I respect you trying to bring, bring your point in, right? But what, I, what I'll say to this is that's not the same system. Joe Flacco offense with Lamar's offense are night and day. They didn't run the same system. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's, it's not the same system, so we can't compare the two. But even if you want to compare the two, right, because they still had a run mentality, right, with that, those Ravens teams. I get, I get your point. Um, but like you said, they were they had one feature player at the receiver position then. It was either Steve Smith. Steve Smith was the dominant guy, period, in, in Baltimore. Baltimore has never really featured wide receivers, ever. Since the Ray Rice days, since, since uh, Jamal Lewis, they never had big-time wide receivers because the mentality of the organization was run. But this even goes a step further with Lamar because the system that they run is purely, purely for the defense to play the run. And, and load the box and, and, and for the tight end to be featured. And, 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 and the other feature piece on a team is somebody that can stretch the field, Hollywood Brown. That's all they want. They want somebody that can stretch the field to keep you honest and then they, that they'll load the box also so they can go for play action so the tight end can be featured. So with those type of – Anquan Bolton was another guy, but it was always like one guy. It wasn't many guys because they never been a run-dominated, a pass-dominated offense. Good point, good point, good point. As we continue to talk about NFL, you know, we know teams are prepping for the draft, uh, but then there was a major trade, a set of trades that happened this week. First, we had the, um, the Miami Dolphins trade with the, no, make a trade with the San Francisco 49ers, trade back with the 49ers to number 12. Then, the Miami Dolphins traded from 12 to six, giving the Eagles, uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, giving the Eagles um, an, another pick this year, uh, later in the draft, giving them the number 12, and giving a first rounder in 2022. I don't know if there's any protections on that pick, but a first round in 2022. So with the set of trades, uh, Miami is obviously doing something. Uh, who do you think was the winner between San Francisco um, Miami and Philadelphia. Miami. Why? <clears throat> and I'll preface this statement based upon the Philadelphia Eagles losing the last game of the season to cut their nose to spite their face. Because of that loss, y'all went for what? The sixth pick. What's the difference between the sixth and the ninth? makes no point now, but they decided to, and the whole team got blown up. Your quarterback got shipped away. Your head coach got fired. Team fell apart. Great for us. Win-win for the Giants. 
So you think if we won that last game, none of this stuff is happening right now? I believe no. I don't. Okay. I think the only thing would have guaranteed happened, Wentz would have probably left. You still would have had your Super Bowl quarterback, your Super Bowl coach. You would have had uh, a better team um, team morale, like I stated last time, and you would have had the knife pick, and you would have to trade so much. So the winner is, like I said, Miami. I digress. Why Miami gets this um, built around a tour, right? Now, do you trust? My thing is, I told you guys, do you trust Philadelphia with the picks, all these picks they have? I don't. I don't think y'all going to build a good enough team or find something y'all want. I think y'all go with impulse, try to pull uh, another, another um, which I need a receiver, right? And defense. Y'all need a whole team, literally. Your team is a disarray because you have a new system and so forth. For Niners, Garoppolo and this is gone. Is there a new system? The Eagles need a new system. Y'all have a new system. We have a new system, but it doesn't mean we're a disarray. But go ahead, continue. Yeah, disarray. Yeah, disarray. You have no morale. No, well, yeah, I got rid of the the, the uh, wits and and you got rid of um your coach, so we'll see what happened. But yeah, yeah, literally a brand new team. The 49ers, um, Garoppolo is uh is gonna be, I think, gonna be gone. I think they're gonna end up who are drafting uh drafting um Zach was it Zach uh, Zach Wilson, the quarterback. So Garoppolo, I believe he's gone. So the winner is Miami. Miami could build around Tua, uh, what they need and they're missing. And if they need to, they could also trade that pick and get more picks. So the winner to me in this draft is that Miami is going to build. They're already a good team on a cusp um, in a tough division, and they could literally build around him. So Miami is the winner. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand how. Um... All right, so first of all, let me get out of this way. You're a hater, Phil. I mean, I, I guess I got to start that off of every subject. You're, you're just you're just you're stone cold hater. Philly has nothing to do with this, but you, you find a way to bring us down every time you find a way to bring us down. The trade went through 49ers moving up and the Dolphins moving back. That was the, that's, that was, that was the main emphasis behind the trade, what was going on, why, why they did that. That's the question. I think San Fran is losers because right now they're saying they don't even want to trade their quarterback. Like the quarterback they have right now, they said he's untouchable, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? So if he's untouchable, why are you moving up to grab a quarterback at three? Never mind you the fact that the quarterback at three is ranked the third best quarterback in the draft. So it's not like you moving up to try to get the, the number one guy or number two guy. Everybody's talking about Zach Wilson or uh, Trevor Lawrence, right? Number one and number two. You moved up to go to number three, which is – an unknown commodity. Nobody knows what you're going to get at number three. It's, it's, it's like you got, the guy, you got the guy from Ohio State. You got the guy from South Dakota State. You got so many guys that you can get at number three. It, it makes me scratch my head. Why San Fran, if they're, if, they're, if they're firm on the quarterback right now, why are they willing to move up and give away things to get somebody that's third best in the draft? You know what I'm saying? Not arguably first, but third. So I do think San Fran is a losers for that reason. But the Eagles, I will say this. I don't know personally what the plan is, right? But I don't have to know what the plan is, to be fair, too. But I don't know the direction that we're going to. So if you want to hate on the Eagles, I think us winning that last game, becoming 6-9, had nothing to do with anything. But us uh, trading back it gets us more picks, number one. So the good thing is we get more picks now. So that we're not in a lose-lose situation. 
And the player that we want to get at six, we could possibly get at 12 because it's a cluster of receivers. To your point that we need a receiver, it's a cluster, it's a deep receiver draft, and the same player possibly that we can get at six, we can get at 12, um, except excluding Jamar Chase. But there's still some good receivers out there that we can get. So loser of this thing is San Fran. Winner, I would agree with you. I think the Dolphins were winners. Here's who I disagree. Who do you trust with the draft picks? I trust 49ers over the Eagles. 49ers, yes, they've been in the top, they've been in the top five um, draft in the last two years. Then they went to the Super Bowl and prior to that, I have a 49er fan. fan. Shout out to Mo. Um, your team, he's a 49er fan. He always remind us, remind me of their lineage and so forth, the victories and so forth. So I trust them. They built a good defense, they built a good offense. And literally, all day, a quarterback away. So I trust the 49ers. They know how to draft. The Eagles, I don't trust. And there you go. Yeah, I went to 12. If you have one, yeah, would have been ninth. So you had a better chance of getting what you want because if you, uh, what you wanted is based upon the cluster. But now, here it goes. Yeah, I lost that last game of the season. Morale is down. People got fired. You cut your nose to spite your face. And you're in a predicament. So you have traded to get a couple more picks, yes, but it's not what you want or you're hopeful to get and so forth. Should have took the knife pick <laughs> and you have been fine. And you would have had morale. Yeah, Super Bowl coach there. Um, Carson Wentz would have been gone. That would have been a better off position. And, of course, you don't know what they're going to do because who does? Because, you know, a real team will actually try to win every game they play. Quick question, Phil, real quick, because I do notice every time, it doesn't matter what we talk about, you always come back to Philly, you know, Sixers, Eagles, and you just behave a little bit. So I just wanted to know, is did you have a bad experience? Like, did somebody, did you not have a good cheesesteak when you came here? Did somebody, like, steal your bike? Like, what happened? Why are so, you waiting on us like that? You, I hope you can put some memory lane. Several things you have done, right? <laughs> <laughs> One, I forgot who, but it was a uh, it was a cornerback playing the Giants, ran in the end zone and punched the Giants logo, right? Nobody did anything to Phil. Phil wasn't yeah. there. No, Phil was a fan and he oh. broke my little heart. I was a kid. Broke my oh, little heart. I got All right. Okay. Glue? Two, y'all are Black the tape. Giants nemesis and y'all always be the Giants nemesis from this, um, the, um, the, uh, Deshaun, Deshaun running back that kick and winning in the last three seconds of the game or uh, we haven't beaten y'all in years. And mm-hmm. even when we won the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, we haven't, we haven't beaten mm-hmm. the Philadelphia, 70, uh, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles in years. I think it was just recently the past couple of years we beat y'all. Last year we beat y'all. Okay. Two, this took the cake. And you probably wasn't on the show. When they lost on that last game, when y'all forfeit that game, when your coach, Doug Peterson, whatever his name is, pulled mm-hmm. out your Jerlyn Hurts, who's supposed to be your future quarterback, and put on, what's in it, Scannabini? What, what that guy doing? I don't know. And purposely <laughs> lost that game. And that's because he lost that game. And your boys there were saying, oh, we get a better pick. What did you do with the pick? You traded a pick to move back. And you're not going to get mm. the receiver you wanted. So mm. all this, the Eagles done to spite the Giants. So that's mm. why. The 76ers, uh, there's no ifs and the buts. I'm just... I just speak the truth. But What's your favorite Eagles? color? Huh? What's, What's your favorite color? color? It's, it's, it's blue. Green. <laughs> oh, 
Good. Blue like the six series. Okay, no Thank you. So, like I said before, I'll bring it back. I hate the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, to be fair, for, for our fans who don't know, we have a, a group chat for the show. Phil actually knows our schedule better than uh, the Sixers know their own schedule. So, so Phil has a problem with the city of Philadelphia. And we accept it. We call him Philly Phil. Uh, so uh, what I would say is... I, I mean, did have a bad Phil T stake one with there. I did have a bad one. I did do. Sorry, we'll, I did have. We'll a bad get you one. a bad one. It's a, and, you probably and, went to Geno's. Yeah, and Phil, you forgot there are three Meadowland miracles that happen: uh, the Shaw Jackson, Brian Westbrook, and then the fumble on the game you should have won that we ran back into the end zone by Vince Papale, I believe. Uh, anyway, uh, back to uh, the good, the good, the goodness of this trade. Um, to to Calvin's point, I, I do think um, I think the winners of this trade actually, um, I think I think everybody kind of won, right? Because uh, the 49ers, they've they had up close look at Jimmy Garoppolo, and they feel that Jimmy Garoppolo is a game managing quarterback, uh, and so they they get to draft a quarterback. Um, our, our our producer let us know that uh, Jimmy G's contract is through 2022. So in essence, you're sitting a guy for a year, and hopefully they could flip uh, Jimmy G for a piece later. You know, who knows? Um, then on top of that, um, the 49ers, uh, excuse me, the, the Dolphins have found the quarterback. And so now they're trying to get him a, a wide receiver, probably Jamar Chase, that's going to, um, you know, really help them as they continue to push for uh, dominance in the AFC. You know, you're looking at it's going to come down to these next few years. It's going to come down to um, the AFC East for the first time in years may be competitive. You have uh, the Dolphins, you have the Patriots, and now you have the Bills. Now the Patriots were sucked this past year, but you know, I don't. I think they might be decent this year. They've been pretty active in free agency, so you're you're, you're looking at them adding a Jamar Chase uh, who could be. Uh, potentially a franchise-altering talent at wide receiver. Uh, and for the Eagles, I think for the first time, you know, the problem, my biggest problem with the Eagles has been over the course of the last 20 years, they always say, hey, we're setting up to rebuild. And then they keep doing the same dumb crap by resigning older players. But it looks like they've committed to the rebuild. I mean, this is, this is, Howie Roseman is Sam Hinkie level trading right now. Because he is setting up right now. He's setting up. The Eagles could have three first-round draft picks in 2022 draft. If Carson Wentz, dear God, Carson Wentz, I know I slander you on a regular basis, stay healthy. If he plays uh, half, I think, eight games, starts eight or nine games this season, it becomes a first-round pick. So I need him to do that. So the Do the Dolphins just gave you their first round in 2022. Let's just hope that, you know, Jamar Chase doesn't pan out and they end up being a lottery team. And then the Eagles, more than likely, they're not going to be good next year. The division sucks, but more than likely, we're not going to be good next year. Uh, and so you have three first-round picks. You, you added another draft pick in this draft. Um, it's very rare, right? It's very rare for top wide receivers to go in the top 10. So we know Jamar Chase is gone. Hopefully Kyle Pitts slides. I doubt it, though. But you, the Eagles should be in position to take either uh, Waddle or um, Devontae Smith. But so help me God, if Hyre Roseman doesn't draft an impact player that's available, like, you know, it's not like, it's like, it's not like I'm saying draft wide receiver, but if one of the players that we are crying for 
is available at number 12. And he doesn't take it. I may burn the city. I may burn the Lincoln complex down to the ground. I may learn the, I may burn the, t, the Novacare complex, excuse me, the Novacare complex to the ground. On record, I'm saying this. All jokes. I'm not going to, if anything happens, it, it wasn't me. All jokes. <laughs> if he fails to do that, I will be devastated because you, we were right there. Justin Jefferson was available and we took this Negro. I didn't, I didn't want to call his name. So we're just going to, we're just going to go from there. Hi, Roseman, do not break my heart. But I think, honestly, I think it was a win-win-win. Uh, I think each team got out of it what they want. I mean, it, listen, guys, it is hard to get a first-round pick. And Harry Roseman has essentially potentially put himself in the position to have three first-round picks in 2022. Do you trust him is the whole point of the matter. Do you trust him? I don't think – I I think we can, we, we can trust him. We don't have to trust him as much. It's hard to mess up three first-rounders. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you if you get if you get two out of three, we doing good. I don't see. I don't think it's pop. I think it's foolproof with three first round picks. Now two, I, I might have more problems, but three, you can't mess up three. It's it's almost impossible to mess up three first round picks. And I think those first round picks put you in position if Jalen Hurts uh, fumbles a bag this upcoming season, you could potentially offer two first round picks for Deshaun Watson. Um, hopefully he gets through these allegations. Uh, well, hopefully he didn't do that. So, hopefully he didn't do any of that stuff. Um, and his name is cleared. Um, and, or for Russell Wilson. So I think you put your, this, you put the Eagles in a space that is always a good space, a space of optionality. We are tied down with this massive uh, contract penalty from the Carson Wentz trade. But he put himself in position to land impact players. And so I'm hopeful. But I don't trust Charlie Roseman, to, to be fair. <laughs> but as Calvin says, it's hard to mess up three picks. There are certain things, you know, you can mess up macaroni and cheese. It's hard to mess up spaghetti, right? This is spaghetti. Three first round picks is spaghetti. Macaroni and cheese, I'd be a little nervous if High Roseman was in the kitchen. But he, all I ask him to do is make spaghetti, some meatballs, some sauce. All right, that's all I'm asking for. Right. Right, right. So, so yeah. To answer, I, I had to. You kind of swayed me. I think all three of the teams definitely got what they wanted. I still don't understand that player that uh, San Fran's looking at, looking at because I think when we think about the second quarterback, I think it's Zach Wilson, and I think he goes number two. So I'm not sure who they're getting at number three. But yeah, I think uh, everybody did what they wanted to do. So that's a good thing. Nobody was forced into something stupid. And to be fair, the Jets are known to make dumb decisions. So there's a, pa- a chance that the player that you think they're going to take, they just go left field. Yeah, they might go to the office alignment, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those Jets. They messed up many times. They messed up three or four times. And the Browns. But, hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another episode of Lady and Some Dudes. We appreciate having you. And hopefully next week we'll have our, 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 our lead host, uh, Dion back with us, but if not, we we enjoyed having Akisha on. She's bringing a level of of confidence and competence to the show that that Philly Field doesn't bring. So so so, and, and we swayed the balances to a, to a Philadelphia agenda for this week. So we appreciate that as well. Hey, the Eagles go Brooklyn Nets NBA champions. <laughs> you know, that sounds like that was like how about them Cowboys? Yeah. <laughs>
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.